been a while since the last episode, and a lot of things have happened. It's been pretty crazy out there. And uh, one of the industries most affected by what's happening right now is the healthcare industry. And my beautiful, wonderful girlfriend, Leanne, is here to shed some light on the situation. Hey guys, it's Leanne. Um, I decided to take over today for different folks. Um, so Matt wanted to have me on today to kind of speak to all of that. Living together, being together, he probably has a lot more um, insider knowledge on what's going on and kind of wanted to get that out to everyone. Yeah, I'm, I'm basically stuck in the middle because I'm watching everybody on Instagram riding, getting pumped, and then I'm hearing you work from home and getting scared. So I think it's we need to blur the world a little bit and shed some light. Yeah. Sorry that uh, this is the first time I'm on. Definitely going to be a little darker than uh, Yeah. what I think we'd like. Yeah. So you work in hospice. Explain what hospice is to people. Sure. So hospice is um, part of the healthcare industry. It's end-of-life care. Uh, so we service um, patients anywhere that they reside. So we can we primarily work with nursing homes. Um, we service like 63 nursing homes uh, in the area, work with hospitals, work with people at their homes. Uh, it presents like a very unique challenge for us though because... You know, if you look at healthcare workers who are going into one hospital or one nursing home, like that is their place of work. Uh, for us, we are going into potentially, you know, seven nursing homes a day. Yeah. So uh, you guys have different jurisdictions, right? That's how that works. Different areas. Uh, jurisdictions. Like when you were, like when you were a liaison before, you had a whole. Yeah, there's County? different territories. Yeah, there's yeah. different territories, yeah. Yeah, but that, <clears throat> yeah, which doesn't matter as much, mm-hmm. um, except for the fact that some territories won't let people who, like if you live in Cumberland County right now and you happen to work in Franklin, they won't let you in the building because, There's different you know, rules so that, over there right now. Yeah, that's not really affecting things quite as much as just the simple fact that even in that one area, you could be going to, you know, our nurse could be going to four different buildings and then going to see two home patients. Mm -hmm. So you have just such a high level of risk for exposure, uh, not just to our staff, but obviously to the community, to those facilities, those nursing homes. Yeah. It's definitely been challenging. What's that? I said it's definitely been challenging. Yeah, and I wanted to touch base just a quick fact that I didn't know until you told me yesterday or so that um, hospice is not just for the elderly, it's for anyone over the age of 18. Well, hospice, that's just our company that does that. They definitely have like pediatric hospice companies, but our company isn't isn't one of them. Uh, So hospice is just end of life care. So we have service people who are, you know, pretty young. It's unfortunate, but you qualify for the services if you have a terminal diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Um, So. Okay. And can you tell us what is it that you do in the hospice arena? 
Yeah. So I um, manage the business development department. So I manage the team, uh, a team of liaisons who are responsible to go out and market to doctor's offices, hospitals, nursing homes, and basically get them to give us their business. So Mm -hmm. the objective is to grow the amount of patients that we have on service Mm -hmm. by growing the, the amount of people that we partner with. So that's their responsibility. Um, but my responsibility is to continue, you know, like I need to ensure that these people have jobs. Mm-hmm. It's everything my department does ensures that we have patients who are on service and that we have something to do with all of our team. Mm-hmm. If we don't have patients, we don't have work. So it was definitely scary at first when all of this happened, thinking, okay, it's going to go. And even now thinking, it's going to go one of two ways. Right. Either we're going to get an influx of referrals and new patients or people are going to be scared and they're not going to want to have to deal with any healthcare provider or have the risk of us coming into their community. And and I got a, I got a, um, a brain fart question I just came up with. So what if what if there's a, uh, a family who got hit hard by this? who doesn't have the money maybe for these services and they have a member, a family member goes up, goes the whole way into like passes Mm -hmm. is hospice then out of the equation. Then if your family member already dies in the, in the hospital, then it moves on to other, other people and things. Funeral home or coroner's called, but, uh, so the, I mean, not that people really care the ins and outs of like hospice detailed services, but they don't cost anything. So if you are of Medicare age and eligibility, it's covered by Medicare or um, Medicaid. Okay. If you are younger than that, most private insurances cover it at a hundred percent or, you know, once you meet your deductible, it's just like a regular oh, okay. through insurance. I'm glad you said that though, because <laughs> myself or other people might be thinking, oh, I can't afford this. I'm not even going to bother reaching out. Yeah, I guess you're hearing you even ask that question. I guess you're in the mindset of like more people are going to need hospice because more people are going to die, which is so fucked up to think about. I haven't even gotten that far in my thought processing. Um, Sorry, folks, we're we're trying to bring this into a positive note. This is we're getting there. So why do you think having inside knowledge of the system is important slash how do you how does it change your view on this yeah I definitely think both of us could kind of speak to that um because I think I mean I know you love you uh but I definitely think that without having that inside knowledge I'm sure that you're probably both of our viewpoints on this would be so much different like I, I definitely understand uh, the risk and concern and the industry at large. I mean, I work with hospitals all the time who under regular circumstances can't manage discharge planning. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they send people home without medication and without the proper equipment and it's just a shit show as is. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have that experience. I mean, people have been to the hospital before they've had loved ones at the hospital and there's, there's always frustrations that come with that. And you it's just kind of thinking about those frustrations on 
fucking steroids. Like, yeah, it's scale. all just, yeah, completely exacerbated. So what's your biggest concern with the system? It's the spike. It's the curve, right? Yeah, it's it's the curve. It's what everyone is talking about. It's what it, it's what I was talking about before it, I even knew that it had a name, you know, before they started really, like, identifying it. But, um, yeah, the system is already so incredibly fragile. Uh, it just is. I mean, they're already canceling non-emergent surgeries and trying to free up beds, but the concern is that and the reality really is that the, you know, with the amount of people who are going to get sick and with the lack of PPE, like uh, protective, um, personal protective equipment mm-hmm. that is available right now. I mean, you heard me on the call today. Our, our employees are asking if they can make their own masks. Yeah. You know, we don't have it available. The, uh, the places that we're going don't have it available. It's just not there as of yet and yeah. which means the healthcare workers get sick which mean more of the community gets sick and then the healthcare workers are out yeah the and last, there's no way to care for people yeah the last thing you want to lose is the force that's actually taking care of the people yeah and it's going i mean the nurses the aides the doctors they're going to get sick it's just a you know it's a fact but it's trying to i mean just the bed count alone if you have as many sick people as they are projecting, you physically don't have the the bed count there. I mean, couldn't they, I mean, if things got real rough, couldn't they just have people on floors and then still be servicing them with other things? So that's part of, like, I think what um, the emergency, like the declaration of emergency. Oh, um, they have those camps set up and shit. To, well, basically the hospitals are, like, regulated to... Like, you have certain wings that are for certain things, and you're not allowed to, like, have certain people. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to set things up. Like um, an occupancy limit, kind of? Uh, I don't know if it changes the occupancy occupancy limit, but just the way that they're structured, they can now modify it mm-hmm. to, like, uh, section off certain areas for, like, quarantine, and th- that's my understanding, at least. Mm-hmm. But even so, despite anything that they can change or do... You physically can't have more bed. Like if you have thousand right. beds, let's yeah. say you can't just. I don't think. I mean, maybe you could just put people on the floor, like the physical floor. But yeah. beds are one thing. Like you can create beds outside in a tent. The ventilators are the problem. Right. Like if people are in intensive care and they, basically, if you need to be hospitalized, it seems like at this point that you're going to need I think if they're allowing people to be hospitalized the idea is that their the care is, is their acuity level is so high yeah. that they would likely need a ventilator which are not readily available. Yeah, I was listening to one of my podcasts today and they were talking about um basically if you feel sick unless unless you feel like you are going to need that ventilator sit your ass at home and don't talk to and don't go see nobody yeah that's because that's the only way you won't spike the system i haven't heard it here but i've you know in new york they're saying don't even call they're so inundated they're saying don't even call your doctor until you have like gone through seven days of symptoms if it's like mildly improving don't call the doctor 
until you're like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they're asking you not to call your doctor, which is alarming. Yeah. It just shows you the capacity is so low. Yeah. Um, you showed me a, an interesting picture today. Maybe we can put it in the show notes of like how big one little molecule of this virus is compared to other things. Oh, yeah. It was next to a blood cell and it looked like, you know, a piece of like a granule of pepper next to a blood cell. Like it was, <laughs> it's like the size of an atom. These, these particles that can, you know, get in any orifices that you got. Yeah. If it's like nose, mouth, eyes, they can infect you that way. That's why they need, like, the equipment that they have. That's why it's so limited. Because to if you do have someone who is con- a confirmed case, um, you need, you know, hairnet, gown, shoe booties, N95 mask, face mask, eye goggles, gloves. Like, it's not just that little medical mask that you see. Yeah. It's like a... Let's let's. I know we talked about that. Let's, yeah, let's uh, let's disprove any theories about the medical mask. That it's it's way too porous for how tiny these molecules are. Yeah, and let's just clarify: we're both not doctors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or like infection control doctors. Yeah, but certainly the medical masks that are out there are not like the masks that personally my staff have available. Which they only have, I found out today, we only have like 50 gowns left. I don't even know how many masks, mm. which is nothing. Um, we don't even have the masks that you need, but they do nothing. They're not, so the N95s, the masks that everyone's talking about, they need to actually be fitted to you. So if our company orders them and they come and we fit them to our staff and our staff do it improperly because the training out there right now is very poor, um, we will effectively ruin those masks and mm. then they're useless. You can't use them on a person, not fit them correctly, and then try them on yeah. someone else. It's and it goes against infection control. So basically don't don't get a false sense of security walking around with a medical mask. Like if you're don't get a false sense of security walking around doing anything right now. Yeah. Like I think that people think and also it's the the idea that the at-risk community. Everyone is at risk. Yeah. That every, you know, age group has the potential to get sick, whether you're healthy or not. Obviously, more, you know, there are certain people who are at higher risk, but everyone's at risk. And yeah. and everyone's talking about it, but of course, you even if you feel like you're healthy and you're not directly at risk, first of all, you are because it's, you know been affecting healthy people but secondly obviously you can affect infect others loved ones yeah and ultimately just the 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 thought of the system Mm -hmm. like if you are just one more person who okay maybe you make it out of it but you need some level of care like even calling the doctor right now is a strain on the system that is completely unnecessary like going into the pharmacy is completely unnecessary. Unless Potentially you hurting you yourself yeah. in other capacities, needing yeah. stitches, needing a broken bone fixed. Yeah. You're putting a strain on a system that does not have the room for it. They don't have the beds, they don't have the protective 
equipment. They don't have the masks. They don't have the ventilators. And, and let's just quick touch base on the ventilators because I didn't quite know what they were, and I'm sure other people might not. Sure. So they are, it's basically like a, we can't, I guess, machine breathing for you. Yeah. So it's something that they like put down your, you know, throw it into your trachea and it breathes for you. When they, when they say pull the plug, that's what they're talking about, right? When people are saying yeah. pull the plug on this guy, they're talking about the ventilator. Mm -hmm. And that's what you'll need if shit really hits the fan on yeah, for it's you personally. It's life support. Yeah, you're going to need it if, or your grandma, your parents might need it. So if you're calling, if you're able to weather the storm, if your body is able to get through this without you feeling like you're literally going to die, you're better off omitting that phone call to the, to the doctor. I don't know about that. I mean, people should certainly call their physician okay. if they're feeling ill, but I think why you know what i'm saying yeah. like I, we've been talking about it but just like going outside the unnecessary like exposure yeah and creating a reason for you to then have to call that physician have to go to the hospital mm -hmm. i i just can't fathom the fact that i'm still people like seeing people go and do shit yeah it's and that's why I wanted to bring it up because, like I said, I saw a bunch of people riding. I'm hearing the crazy shit coming from your end. And I wanted other bike riders out there to know, like, yeah, go ride. Yeah, get some exercise, get some sunshine, get some fresh air. But maybe don't try something crazy right now. Um, the big push, the big desire for people right now um, who ride bike, who ride street, is to maybe ride that one business that's been closed because of um, the quarantine and everything. And it's like, yeah, you can, yeah, there's no one around, so you can go ahead and get it done. But also there's going to be no one around to help you when you need your stint, your shin stitched back together. I mean, yes, there will be people, but what, what I'm saying is you're going to be, you're taking away services from other people. And this goes for other people than just street riders too. If you're digging trails, if you're riding dirt bikes, you know, if you're four wheeling, if you're, it's all fun. I'm sure. I mean, I don't know how to ride a dirt bike, but it does look like a blast, <laughs> but you fucking careen yourself into a tree and you need to go get trauma surgery. It's, it's bad news all around. So I, I'm not trying to scare people, but I guess I am trying to scare people. Like just be smart, like have fun, but just be smart. And I really appreciate Leanne sitting down and and really going through the details here because we gotta somebody's gotta say something you know and we got nothing else to do so we might as well try and share some info yeah um one of the things we did on a positive note is we started gardening uh some vegetables you know get some get some plants going well we started our gardening for this year yeah we were gardening, gardening yeah. last year. We gardened last year, and, and so we're just continuing anyway, but we kind of changed what we planted in, in terms of, like, sustenance. And when we planted it. We yeah. planted much later last year. Yeah. Well, not much, but... So um, what else can, can people do um, other than maybe just hand-washing and staying inside? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you kind of covered it. I think everyone knows about the hand-washing, the staying outside, but, like, really you do need to dramatically kind of change the things you're doing. So you're talking about going out and riding. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, if you're not quarantining with the person you're going out and riding with, I feel like probably not someone you should be exposed to. Stranger danger are, right now. Yeah, strange, <laughs> like <laughs> friend danger right yeah, now, yeah, really. Yeah. A, like acquaintance danger. Um, I don't know. I feel like every time I see you go out riding, you're stopping at gas stations for like snack. And of course those are still open in the yeah. grocery stores and just everywhere. You should be going nowhere. Mm-hmm. You should not be making stops. And I think... I don't know. I don't know what people are out there doing in terms of like the bike riding side of it, but I just see people doing the fucking most. Yeah, yeah. You you can't be doing the most right now. I think I think for bike riders, you can't even be doing the least. You have to be doing nothing. You know, it's like, like baby I, stuff. The like basics. really, really nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm working from home right now, and we were talking about you know this weekend we wanted to we have one office chair in this house we're talking about okay well my office is closed i can go grab the chair from my office like is it worth it there's people who are you know touching the doors of the office and like any yeah i think it seems abundantly cautious to some people but it's just reasonably cautious like i'm not even willing to go to my empty office to go get a chair to be more comfortable at home because mm-hmm. that's really how serious it is yeah that's pretty much it um i'm gonna keep trying to put out new uh new podcast episodes as things go on with uh quarantine life and just trying to keep you know in shape eating well you know living well keep you know keep your body clean keep your brain clean you know it's really easy to keep checking twitter or keep checking the cdc website and just spinning out and getting frantic honestly um i know myself i myself have felt that way and i had to take a moment you know and find some calm now's a good time with all this downtime to get back to some stuff that maybe you forgot about so yeah thanks for being on leanne love you i love you Everybody out there, like, once you get into a quarantine, once you quarantine yourself and you still don't, like, you're not sick, and so it's like, home is clean and good, so now you're scared to leave, so establish a nice quarantine for yourself, and hopefully I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Maybe you could talk freely, speak to me. For once so truly, for once so truly, yeah, I could know. Swear you're gone, swear I'm standing. That would really be something. In most ways, on most days, I'm clearly. Disappearing, I am clearly disappearing at the thought of our nearing. Our